Hi, my name is Michelle and I'm the founder of the blog Existential How to Ascend in Bliss, where we talk about life, ascension and everything in between. It's a podcast of the journey through life as we ascend to a greater understanding of ourselves and the world around us and use that understanding as a catalyst from which we can manifest the lives that we want. So today's topic is the ego versus the higher self, confronting our own darkness and making our way back into the light. I'm going to tell you a story today. Now, the story's about a king. The king was handsome, and at first glance, you'd say that his heir was one of certain royalty. He carried himself well and was generous and kind. When he first became king, he promised his subjects that he would keep the land free from corruption and sin, and all would live in harmony and prosper, doing only what was best for the kingdom. Many years passed, and this king began neglecting his lands. His subjects' crops were being stolen because the king had decided, shortly after being made king, that he needed his knights, whose primary role was to keep the kingdom safe from thieves and robbers, to guard the castle at all times in case someone came to assassinate him during the night or day. And so the king's subjects were starving, forced to remain in silence while the king ruled the kingdom into the ground. His servants brought him the finest jewellery, exotic foods and the exquisite delights of both expensive liqueurs to null his paranoia and women to satiate his ever-growing need to feel loved and doted upon. And yet the king was deeply unhappy. Despite all of the finery around him, he could not shake his unhappiness. Now, this continued for a long time until one day the king's subjects began an uprising. They lay siege upon the castle as the knights sat watching in a lethargic daze, unwilling or unable to get up and defend the very person who had placed them there for his protection and comfort. The subjects lit fires in every room as they rampaged through the king's home, tearing down portraits of the king that hung throughout the castle. They ripped down tapestries and broke antique furniture that the king had indulged himself with and chased out many women of pleasure from the king's quarters. The king was beside himself with fear. He begged and pleaded to his subjects. Fearing they would kill him, he threw himself upon them saying, please, I'll do whatever it takes, but please do not kill me. He clung to the lead subject's leg as the cold steel of the sword pressed against his neck, tears rolling down his face. The subjects felt compassion for the king that they loved, allowing him to live, but there were conditions. The king was allowed to continue on as king and remain in his castle, but his rule would be led by his subjects and their needs and the needs of the kingdom first and foremost. And through his new rule, the kingdom became successful and the king himself found that through helping his subjects get what they wanted, he no longer needed to be constantly satiated by women and liqueur and find things for himself in his castle. It was satisfaction enough to have a finely tuned kingdom where all components work together to increase the value of itself and the neighboring kingdoms. Now, this is a silly story I know, but I wanted to give you a visual for the ego, the king. Our egos are the defenders of our lives. It works to keep things safe, to keep them the same, to keep things comfortable for itself and to ensure its own survival. Now, what's wrong with that, you say? Well, nothing on the face of it. It seems a practical and very smart system of ensuring our survival in this world. However, the unchecked and unbalanced ego has another agenda. 
Like the king in our story, he was unchecked by his subjects and the subjects represent the subconscious, the soul or higher self if you prefer, who sat silently watching him run the kingdom, which is your life, into the ground. An unchecked ego will take over every part of your life. It will often devise sneaky ways to attain temporary power over your thought processes and sabotage you in the most cunning of ways. Usually, these methods of sabotage come in the form of the things mentioned in the story. The base desires. The knights in the story who sat in a daze as the subjects rampaged through the castle are the things that the ego surrounds you with. And they may be the most beautiful things that exist, but they then become a burden on you because you fear them being stolen or losing them in some way or putting yourself in debt in an attempt to keep up with others or the company of different partners and an inability to commit to any one of them out of fear of being rejected in the distant future or alcohol which you drink to either take the edge off of life or to excess to completely blot out the fear and disappointment of a life half-lived power over others at your job that makes you feel accepted and respected though it's really the fear of not being good enough that drove you to that desire in the first place now do you see a common denominator here it's fear through our overindulgence and reliance upon these material aspects of life that we feel justifies our lives we are allowing our kingdom to be pilfered by these thieves and robbers which is the overindulgences in the story but in the moment we feel as though as long as we have our stuff we're good does any of that sound familiar the ego thrives on keeping you in a state of fear in order to ensure that you never realize that it's controlling your life and running the kingdom into the ground the desires it seeks to establish in your life as norms are the very same desires that it will use against you to remain in control. By making them more important than listening to what it is that you actually need, um, and that's needed by your inner being, your higher self. Now onto the subjects of the story. They represent our higher self that sits patiently and quietly in the background, waiting for an opening to come forward and present other ways of doing things in order to create true and lasting happiness in our lives. The higher self has no hidden agenda. Its only goal is to get us to become the people that we're supposed to be through living a life that is of, a, of advantage to not only ourselves, but to others. And like the subjects, it waits for the moments in our lives that bring us to our knees. The moments where we're bent, broken and twisted, desperate for something that will help us understand the circumstances that we're living through. I don't know if any of you are familiar with tarot, but in these tower moments that come in the form of job loss, losing a partner, losing a home, health issues, etc. These moments are represented in the tarot as a card with a picture of a burning tower, which has been struck by lightning. And there are two people jumping from the top of the tower. And I know it sounds graphic when I describe it, but these moments in life come to teach us, to guide us to help us to understand and make connections between the things that are happening in our lives and our own inner wounds and insecurities that require attention. So we can tame the ego that is keeping us stuck, maneuvering ourselves back onto the path that leads to true happiness and a life that is of service to others. I've only just realized this, but it has, as of now, taken me four days to complete this podcast, 
when it should have only taken me two. So please understand that even now, although I am on my path, I still struggle with the ego and the games it plays to keep you where you are. I've procrastinated, I've used my laptop update, being thirsty, being uncomfortable, being hungry, needing to watch one more YouTube video or listen to one more podcast or needing to do laundry as an excuse to not finish it. You can see how sneakily the ego works, making it out to be not your fault that these other important things need doing. You have other things to do, it says feigning wisdom and knowledge on where things should go on your list of priorities, sweet-talking you into not completing something that will benefit your situation and move you forward. It works tirelessly to keep the status quo, that you don't even recognise it. A few years ago, I wouldn't have recognised it either, and it's only now that I'm attuned to some of the tricks that my ego uses to keep me stuck that I can now navigate them but I still fall prey to its tactics once in a while. So I'll leave you with this thought and allow you to ruminate on the times in your life when your higher self has been calling you, calling you to be who you were meant to be, calling you to create what you were here to create or speak the words that were given to you to speak so you can create a life that you are fully satisfied with, a life where you consciously and knowingly design yourself with the ego tucked in a place where if needed it can play its role but where it recognizes you as the captain of your own vessel so i just wanted to mention again guys don't forget that i am available to answer any questions that you may have about your own ascension journey so if you head over to dkpublishers.co.uk you can view the latest blog post there and post comments and i'll obviously try and make posts based on what your most pressing issues are so until next time love and light